Welcome to the IBSI Views podcast. This is Gaia Lamperti, and today we're joined by Jeroen Planck, Head of Corporate Strategy at ING Bank. Hi, Gaia. Very nice to meet you. Well, looking forward to sharing some thoughts and the interview uh, with yourself to um, tell the podcast listeners of IBS uh, what's happening at ING when we talk about innovation. Absolutely. You are 100% right, because today we're going to focus on ING Neo, which is a new business area for the company. So maybe, Jeroen, we could start by introducing NEO's mission, the most relevant propositions of this um, new initiative, and maybe we could go into the different value spaces that the team is working on at the moment. Yeah, very good. Let me, because ING NEO was um, actually established following the Think Forward strategy that we launched already seven years ago, where we identified that in order to continue to stay relevant to our customers, because, well, we need banking, but who needs banks? Um, because a lot of our competitors are obviously stepping in. There's the big uh, platforms, they're, they're the technology companies, but there's also the big fintechs and in Europe that um, quite successful. So when looking at how are we doing, we said, well, our banking products are being commoditized. So we need to continue to focus on a differentiating a customer experience. And in order to, well, uh, get better, uh, we need to step up the level of innovation. And, and that's what we've done very successfully. Yeah, I have, have put uh, ING Innovation and NEO, as it is now called, on the map. And really have brought innovation within ING to a higher level where yeah, it has become almost business as usual. But when I say that business as usual, obviously everybody on a daily basis tries to improve. And, and that is what we call daily innovation or H0, H1. But NEO is also looking at H2 and H3, the further horizons where we look more at disruptive innovation. Um, and as you mentioned, value spaces, we have organized that uh, around a couple of value spaces, five to be precise. I'll refer to those in a bit. But everything that we do when it comes to innovation, disruptive or not, needs to be obviously in line with the core objectives of ING. And that is, well, first and foremost, improving customer engagement, building the differentiating customer experience, to making sure that we improve also for our investors the revenue generation capacity that we have within ING. Process efficiency and reduction in cost, very strong focus when we talk about digitalization, and focusing on data-driven solutions. We have a lot of data. How can we make sure that we can make those work for our customers? So that's how we go about, uh, and, and well, as I mentioned, Disruptive innovation within ING Neo, the new business unit, focusing on H2, H3, while also bringing innovation to the core of the business, making sure that our colleagues, well, 58,000 around the globe, um, yeah, focus on innovation as a normal practice when they interact with their clients. Sounds great. Thank you so much, Jeroen. So we mentioned a few times the word innovation, and you also mentioned the disruptive innovation. So maybe it would be nice to hear your personal take on what innovation is and what's the best methodology to make sure that the same concept and the same idea of innovation is adopted across departments and, you know, at all levels within the company. Yeah, that's a very good one, uh, Gaia, because depending on who you ask, there's a different definition of innovation. And I think there's not one defined definition of innovation. For us, as I mentioned, what it is that we focus on, everything we do ultimately needs to lead to a higher differentiating the customer experience. Because as I mentioned, our products are being commoditized. It's not the product, but it's the engagement and the interaction that we have with our clients that makes the difference. And that's where we need to focus on when we, when we look at innovating. 
Disruptive innovation is, is when we look at what are the trends ahead. Now, there is Web 3.0. We have Web 1, 2, and now 3.0, really immersing ourselves into virtual reality. We have the spectrum of digital assets, blockchain, DeFi, crypto. Uh, we have new cohorts growing up living in a very different world from, from my world. I would be referred to as a boomer. And yeah, sometimes my 16-year-old looks at me and says, Dad, that's a boomer remark or a boomer question. I get that. Back to your question on what, what is innovation? How do we go about it? Because one is looking outside and, and challenging our colleagues and focusing on the trends and making them aware of what's happening. But not only making them aware, but coming also with ideas, um, samples of ideas, focuses and products that we believe could be presented to our colleagues. And then there is the way of working on a daily basis, what we call at ING the PACE methodology, which we've developed internally. 15,000 people have now um, been trained with the PACE methodology. And it's really focusing on a different way of interacting, always working with data, never make assumptions, focus on the problems, focus on the customer. Now, we always used to say you win or you fail fast. I like to say you win or you learn because you never fail. You always learn, including from your failures. Uh, but that whole thinking and that mindset, uh, yeah, 15,000 people have been trained. And that's a tremendous number of people who are now thinking differently. They're not thinking about how to sell products. They are thinking about how to engage with their customer. Um, and, and I believe that is a major win that we have achieved over the past seven years. Now, how do we go about innovation at, at ING NEO specifically? Uh, I've, I earlier referred to the value spaces. We have five, housing, all around mortgages, financial health, uh, which is very close to sustainability, which is a very important topic. Trade, yeah, international trade. We have a also banking business. We, we, we work with a lot of clients around the globe. Safe, secure, and compliant, which is the ultimate core asset of the bank because we need to be trusted on a daily basis. And disrupt lending, which is obviously a very big part of the business as well. So those five value spaces are the focus areas of where we put our attention and, and uh, well, people to work. The value space leads work with the business to identify problems. But they also work with corporate strategy and other people inside the business to see outside what's happening. Those problems and trends they put together. And then we look at our fintech partnership. And we say we've identified this opportunity or problem. Is there somebody else who could help us address this problem or this opportunity? And then we talk to the fintech partnership team who is scouting the fintech ecosystem on a daily basis across those five value spaces. We then see if that is the case. If that's not the case, then we can see if we can build our own problem and, and potential solution. And then we go to the labs. And then we go through various stages in the lab to determine whether we can build that product ourselves. Then we, well, we, we go through that process. Sometimes it takes three months, six months, 12 months, depending on how fast we can go and what it is that we encounter. And then we come with a product which is either ready to be insourced into ING because we were looking at solving a problem for ING, or we say, well, this is a problem that we can solve at the same time, we see a market opportunity to sell this product outside and then we spin it out or a combination. And if we think, uh, well, this is maybe a problem that we were trying to solve, but not through this solution, then we uh, spin it out. We sometimes keep a stake because we believe it is not what it is that we were looking for to solve the problems of ING at this point in time. However, we believe that there is a market out there. And then you get to the final element, and that is the venture capital fund. Because sometimes they take a stake in some of those spin-offs and, and spin-out companies that we build ourselves. They also invest in other new technologies. And um, they've made some pretty interesting, well, bets 
but also because our venture capital fund is strategic and not only financial or focus. Uh, so they also invest in companies across the same value spaces that I mentioned earlier, housing, trade, disrupt lending, safe, secure, compliant. Uh, in those spaces where we see new technologies to see what it is that we can learn and apply to our own business. Amazing. I, I love this approach because the way I see it when big banks embrace the partnership approach, that's also way in itself to spark innovation um, because it's, it's, it's feeding this ecosystem of, you know, continuously new ideas and new technologies and new solutions. That's a very good point, Naya, because they bring something to us that they're much better at and we bring something to them where we are better. So we're very complementary. They're faster. They're very entrepreneurial. They don't always deal with the same regulation that we need to deal with. Now, unfortunately, we deal in a financial environment, so we always need to meet the highest regulatory requirements. At the same time, we have a reach of almost 40 million clients, which is what the fintechs don't have. We have a very strong capital base and we have a very strong network. So uh, it's a true partnership. And well, we, we have many. Over the past six years, seven years, we have uh, activated uh, over 115 fintech partnerships. Of those 115, we also invested actually in 17 of those via the Venture Capital Fund. Uh, in total, we have 33 investments. So almost half actually is in, in, in those fintech partnerships. And that is next to the uh, innovation uh, fund initiatives that, uh, that, that we obviously are building ourselves. And currently in the funnel, there's 18. And obviously very important, well, to keep coming up with new ideas via the value space leads who are looking outside and looking inside, talking to the business. What are the problems that we're trying to solve for our customers? And then see if we can build those initiatives in the, uh, in the ING Labs development system. And it's also attracting different people into ING. And I have to say, being a career banker myself, now being surrounded by non-bankers provides for a lot of energy because people in NEO and also corporate strategy look at the world very differently from bankers. And, and that's what I think we need in order to continue to um, survive with the fintech, the big tech, and all the other companies that are eating into our space. Interesting point. And, you know, as we just mentioned, partnerships and different verticals where maybe, you know, two forces could come together and, and create something better and something that wasn't there before. Maybe you would like to give us a couple of examples or, or a few recent case studies when ING adopted some new innovative technologies, maybe even through a partnership. So we mentioned Web 3.0, maybe AI, or like any blockchain-related project, and how this had a very successful outcome for the for both parties, for for the customer base, and in general for the ecosystem. Yeah, uh, well, trade is obviously one of the biggest spaces, and that's where ING wholesale banking mostly is very successful. Uh, we have a global franchise, and uh, we now refer to it uh, the venture as Congo, and that started actually in ING Bootcamp uh, many years ago as ETC. Um, it, it has changed name and it has pivoted direction a couple of times uh, uh, over those years as well. Basically working with, well, a lot of banks, trading companies, we have been able to digitalize the trading commodities sector through an open platform. We've been very successful, not because it's an ING platform, but an open platform, because typically those clients work with many banks. And the blockchain technology, the underlying technology, has enabled us to bring down uh, the number of days for the execution of a transaction 
you you want to imagine that if you ship coffee from uh, Brazil to Russia, now that takes a lot of time, a lot of paperwork. And by using the blockchain technology, I think we have been able to bring down the, the number of days execution from 23 to nine at the time. So there was a massive improvement. And that's obviously how you can use new technology uh, to the benefit of, uh, well, a lot of parties in the, uh, in the ecosystem. Another partnership that I like, which we have uh, put to work in Belgium is MINA. You have the ING app for the Belgian customers. And MINA has been added to the app and it helps people to save money. I don't know how many subscriptions you have, but there is many. In the Netherlands, you can lease a bike. There's Netflix, there's Disney+. Plus. Yeah, before you know it, it really stacks up. And MINA is a service that automatically looks at your spending and then says, oops, are you still interested in keeping this subscription? Are you still using it? And they've made it so easy that they automatically cancel it for you. Yeah, that saves obviously a lot of money. So uh, we've successfully uh, implemented that. We've saved a lot of money for a lot of our clients who obviously are very happy. <laughs> I would need that. Okay, okay. I'm not going to ask how many subscriptions you have, but you may want to check just to make sure. And the question is, do you all need them because they're there, but it's costing a lot of money obviously at the same time. So the challenge is, let me start there, that we can't measure how much we make of that fintech partnership investment. But to me, that's not relevant because we are providing for a better experience in the ING Belgium app. And that's what matters. So that people like to be in the app because if you can increase the time spent in, in the banking app, then there are more opportunities, obviously, to provide for other services as well. Maybe in the most important space, safe, secure, and compliant. Now, you are aware that all the banks obviously need to deal with KYC and CDD. And that's where, from ING Labs, we have developed two uh, initiatives, uh, Blacksmith and Corp ID. And both focus on making the whole cumbersome process of KYC very less cumbersome. So you want to imagine if a corporate is dealing with a number of banks, they need to provide copies of passports, of incorporation, and all sorts of paperwork and they need to do that to all the banks and we've come up with a solution not only to simplify the process but also the infrastructure around it so that you only have to upload your copy of a passport once and then all the banks you work with can use that same information those two applications are really successful not only for ing but also for our client yeah that way we can make a cumbersome process, KYC, CDD, in a digital manner, much more pleasant, which obviously is improving the customer experience. And that's what we're looking for to achieve on a daily basis. Thank you, Jeroen. Perfect examples. And also you gave me a great hook for my following questions because... You're welcome. <laughs> we, we just spoke about compliance and we also did mention that uh, regulatory compliance is one of the value spaces NEO is looking at. And, you know, yep. it, it comes natural to think with so much innovation, where do we draw the line? How do we make sure it's balanced with regulatory compliance and respecting customers' privacies and security, of course. So what's NEO's approach? What's the culture about balancing innovation with tradition and with regulatory compliance? Yeah, that's a very interesting question because I, I believe, I, I firmly believe that we should embrace the knowledge that we have around the regulatory environment. Yeah, if, if you like it or not, we are a regulated industry. We should continue to be a regulated industry because in some of the spaces which are, well, near finance, look at the buy now, pay later space, which is not regulated in all countries. Yeah, you see excesses 
of people, well, buying stuff now and, well, let's see when we pay later. You see the same in, in, in the crypto environment, which is not regulated either. Uh, it's it's maybe not nice to, to be so heavily regulated, but it's very simple. People need to continue to trust us. And, and that's where regulation comes in. And I think we should see our regulatory experience much more as an asset than as, oh, it's so difficult to build innovation. If we are capable of building innovation at the highest level of security compliance uh, because of the industry that we operate in, um, yeah, then then we, I believe, are building the best solutions. Now, the difficulty is that obviously if you are looking into, let's see when we can apply certain regulations, you can scale much faster, you can grow much faster. But regulation will kick in at a certain point in time if it, hits, if, if it concerns the financial industry. So you better start at the beginning to make sure that everybody feels that it's fully up to snuff when it comes to the regulatory environment instead of later on yeah, being hit by fines or repairing. It's a challenge. But the, the, the knowledge that we have gained, we also use in our discussions with the regulators who also sometimes yeah, are, are following because new inventions obviously continue to pop up for which then they have to apply regulation. And together, it is our job to provide for a very safe environment when it concerns people's money. You cannot, with all respect, leave that to yeah, unregulated parts of, of new industries. People need to be able to continue to trust. So it's a challenge. We see competitors sometimes going faster. And then my colleagues complain. I get that. But I, I continue to show them and tell them, listen, if you are capable of building a solution which is good enough for ING, it will be good enough for the total uh, industry. And then I think, yeah, there is uh, a lot to gain. Makes a lot of sense. Perfect. Maybe we could conclude with an outlook on what's in store for the rest of the year. More specifically, let's go back to the five value spaces we mentioned. Are there any upcoming initiatives or what are going to be the areas that ING is going to focus on more extensively throughout the rest of the year? Yeah, it's uh, Well, what I, what I follow with interest is, is the developments in the digital asset space, uh, but also the Web 3.0. So the recent Microsoft Activision Blizzard acquisition, yeah, that really, I think, is going to be a game changer if and when approved what is happening in the virtual world in the digital world how our customers of 15 16 today how are they going to operate are they fine taking a mortgage yeah via web 3.0 instead of going to a bank what's happening in the digital space so digital web 3.0 and next to that there is uh, the sustainability approach so i mentioned one of the spaces being financial health specifically following the pandemic gaia i think we've seen a lot of people you know the, the difference between the have and have nots has, has only increased, unfortunately. And um, there are some pretty scary statistics about yeah, the level of savings that people have. And it is our job as, as a financial institution to make sure that people will continuously be financially healthy. Finding innovative approaches to make sure that, that we continue to delight them on a daily basis while making sure that they don't overspend and that they are financially healthy is really important. And we refer to that overall as sustainability, which consists of E and S and G. And I would then, when I look at financial health, specifically focus on the S, the social element. Well, that's where ethics kicks in. And, and you referred to that earlier as well. Yeah, how much credit and banking products do you want to offer to a customer? Because in the end, you also want to make sure that they repay their loan. And it's nice to buy a new television because there are the Beijing Olympics. But guess what? If you really can't afford, should 
should you be buying that television set? But it's a fine balance, guy. How do we go about that? And, and that's challenging. So Web 3.0, digital assets, everything around DeFi, crypto, blockchain, CBDC, we didn't touch on that. That's a major topic, the central bank digital currencies. Sustainability, focusing on the S, financial health. Then there's ample happening around housing because that's one of our biggest spaces. And disrupt lending, and that is mostly focused on embedded finance. We did not touch on that either. There's ample material for our next podcast. So yeah, we're going to be busy for some years to come. It does sound like that. So we will keep an eye out to see how everything develops over the, the next few years. But thank you so much, Jeroen Plach, Head of Corporate Strategy at ING. It was a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you, Gaia. Likewise. Speak soon.